Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Linda. Um, I hear some sniggers because people do know who I am, really. <laughs> so if you have joined us over the past few weeks, you will know that we're in a sermon series called Summer Psalms, Hits in the 90s. I don't know what it would have looked like if it was hits in the 60s or 50s, but it's hits in the 90s. And um, like many of us, I'm sure that you love the book of Psalms like I do. The Psalms are extremely personal, emotional, and cover almost every area of human experience. The Psalms are songs, and they were designed to sing, and they aim to shape our thinking and our feeling at heart level. Now, the book of Psalms itself could be considered as being a condensed version, if you like, of all the fundamental truths of our Christian faith. From the attributes about God, the law of God, the ways of wisdom, the nature of man, to the law or to the way of salvation. So in a moment, we're going to consider the way of salvation, and we're going to look together at Psalm 96, and we've called the sermon this morning, you're going to love this title, Win the World with Singing. If you have a Bible, um, or if you want a Bible, if you put your hand up, some people will come and give out some Bibles for us this morning. So if you just wave, they'll, they'll rush along to you and bring a Bible for you. And Psalm 96 can be found on page 602 of our church Bible. Okay, thanks ever so much, thank you. Um, before we read uh, God's word to us together, I'd just like us to just start in prayer, if that's okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it contains, Lord. And we appreciate that the Psalms were written thousands of years ago, but they are as relevant today as they were when they were first written. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to understand, reflect, and apply all that we learn in your holy word. Would you open our hearts and be our teacher, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Psalm 96, and I'm just going to read it for us. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. 
Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established, it cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think you got the gist of it from Psalm 96. It's a call to praise the Lord and celebrate his victorious reign over the whole earth in anticipation of the fact that he is coming back and he is coming to judge the world. So in light of the Lord's return, Psalm 96 encourages all of the earth to acknowledge and give praise to God as the creator and Lord of all. Psalm 96 is a call to the nations. It's a call to everyone, to the entire human race. And God's people are to sing, to say, to ascribe, to declare, and to worship. We are the ones called to proclaim his salvation among the nations and declare that the Lord reigns. Psalm 96 is essentially about two things. It's about singing and the nations. And when the psalmist makes reference to the nations in some of our verses, so in verse three, declare his glory among the nations. And in verse five, for all the gods of the nations are idols. And in verse seven, ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. And in verse 10, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The psalmist is talking about the entire human race. All the people on the earth. That's what he's referring to, or she, or whoever it was, you know, it's inspired by the spirit, but it's to all the people of the earth. Now, knowing a lot of you in this congregation for some time now, for some of us, the opening lines of this psalm may have made us feel a little uneasy. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, and proclaim his salvation day after day. We may not feel like singing. We may not want to sing. We might not even think that we've got a good enough voice to sing. But the psalmist's opening line suggests that singing is a command, not an optional extra. And with this in mind, I've got three questions for us this morning. The first question is, why are we to sing? And the second question is, what are we to sing? And then the third question is, where does Psalm 96 actually take us? So have a little think for a moment, just your own opinion in your own heart, why are we to sing? So I just wrote down quickly what I think, why are we to sing? 
Songs capture our hearts and give voice to our deepest longings. Songs carry every expression of the soul. And you can think about songs that you know, well-known songs, but they do, they carry expressions of the soul. Songs help us to tell our story. And more importantly, songs help us to tell his story, the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I really believe that singing, whether you love it or whether you don't, it is of the utmost importance to Almighty God. And why do I say this? Because in the Bible, Almighty God sings. In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, that well-known verse, God the Father sings over his children. He sings to calm us. He sings to comfort us. And he sings to celebrate us. And one Bible translation says this, that God sings over us with loud singing. So if it's too loud in here, imagine what it would be like in heaven. It's of the utmost importance to God because God the Son sings. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 30, when Jesus, he'd had the last supper with his disciples, Jesus knew what was to come. He knew that he was going to die. He knew that he was going to die and take the sins of the entire world. Jesus knew that he was going to take the punishment that we deserved and in so doing set us free from the law of sin and death. And the scriptures tell us that when they had completed the Last Supper, the last thing they did was they sung a hymn and went out into the night. I believe that singing is important to God because God the Spirit sings through his children, through us. And in Ephesians chapter 5, 19 to 20, it says these words, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God the Father sings, God the Son sings, and God the Spirit sings. And there are numerous places. If you just search through your Bible or went online, you will see that singing is mentioned. It's actually mentioned more times than prayer. But don't mishear me. I'm not saying it's more important. These things are all needed together. Now, you don't have to be a great singer to sing to our great God because it's not about us, is it? It's about his greatness, not ours. And I just want everybody to know something. It's a kind of a, a big secret, but I'm gonna reveal it now. We are all chosen for this choir. Everyone, all of God's people are in the choir. If you don't think you're in the worship band, you're wrong. We're all in the choir, all of us, every single one of us. When we open our mouths to sing, what we're actually doing in praising God, we're actually not just singing out, we are welcome in him in. We are saying you are welcome here. And the Bible tells us that almighty God inhabits the praises of his people. So every time we gather together and sing, he's right here with us. 
So, this is why I think the psalmist opens this psalm, Psalm 96, by repeating these words three times. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. I just feel that the psalmist wants us to really get it. He's really passionate about us singing to the Lord, singing about our Saviour. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I'm convinced. I understand why we're to sing. But what are we to actually sing? There's many songs out there in the world, isn't there? But this is what Paul the Apostle tells us that we're meant to sing. Paul says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill our lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart. And why should we sing with thankfulness? As Mary talked about earlier, we are a thankful people. Because I'm sure that every single one of us who's been saved by the living God realises that we have gone from death to life. We have become new creatures. The old person has gone and the new person has come. Now you may remember your own um, conversion experience and I'm sure lots of you do. It may have been a long time ago but just cast your mind there for a moment and just think about that overwhelming joy that you felt when you knew that Jesus had come into your life and he'd come into your heart and taken up residence within you. And I'm sure that many of us have come alongside people that have given their hearts to the Lord. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody here in church this morning, but we've had a lady come in here for the last couple of months, and she is completely saturated in the joy of the Lord as a result of Jesus coming into her heart. And I've been watching this woman every Sunday when I've come in and I've seen her some other times during the week and I've been closely watching her and I have absolutely been blown away by the joy of the Lord that this person is exhibiting. It's just all over this person. And it really got me thinking about my own conversion journey. When I asked the Lord into my heart, and it's many years ago, I kid you not, I was truly transformed, unrecognizable from the person that I was before. And I'm not saying this. Everybody around me were asking me, what's happened to you? You're so different. What's changed? And I really believe it's because the joy of the Lord moved in. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord just moved into my heart. Those of you that maybe only know me now would think, but Linda, you're a joyous person. I wasn't. Quite miserable, very fearful, full of worry. I'm the person that would go into my house, leave the children in the car so I could go and check that there were no um, robbers hiding in the wardrobe. I'd check every wardrobe under the bed, absolutely crippled with worry and fear. The transformation has been absolutely incredible and I thank God for it. As I've been observing this lady in church, it's absolutely infectious what Jesus is doing in her life and she can't stop talking about this church at St. John's. 
She's literally living the scriptures and has become an evangelist, just telling everybody about Jesus wherever she goes. And I just thank God for that. Ever since I've started to watch her, I've felt that longing again to sing a new song in my spirit to the Lord. And I believe that this new song is a natural reaction to any individual who has been saved and transformed by the Lord. And my own personal conversion journey is actually written in the Bible. Can you believe that? Wow. And it's in Psalm 40. And this is my personal conversion journey, and I'm going to share it with you. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And a new song has been heard from people of every generation, sung by choirs of Christians who have tasted and seen the goodness and salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And from days of old, for all eternity, people from every tribe, language, nation and tongue sing a new song to our Lord Jesus Christ. And throughout the earth, imagine it, before the throne of God, we can hear the redeemed singing a new song to Almighty God. You see, when the Lord makes us new, <laughs> he, we're truly compelled to sing because he transforms us and makes us into something just purely beautiful. So where does Psalm 96 take us? Well, I believe the answer is in the psalm itself. God has made each and every one of us for a global purpose. God has made us for something absolutely off the scale huge. God has made us to fulfill the Great Commission. And when you think about the Great Commission, there is an overwhelming aspect of it. Whenever I read it, there is a hope and expectation that the truth about Jesus will reach the entire earth. And our prayer, our heartfelt cry, is that more and more people will come to know our Lord Jesus Christ. The stage is set in Psalm 96, and we, God's people, are encouraged to make the Lord Jesus Christ known publicly and openly. We are to proclaim God's salvation. Did you see it at the beginning of the psalm? This so convicted me this week, really convicted me. Proclaim the Lord's salvation day after day. And I thought, what does that mean? It means every day. Every day we are to proclaim the Lord's salvation. We are to declare his glory among the nations. And we are to tell of his marvellous deeds among all people. And we are to say to everybody, doesn't matter what the media are saying about this and about that and about utility bills and about all the whole host of things. We are to say, the Lord reigns. Now, reading these words and listening to me talking, it makes it all sound very simple, doesn't it? The gospel message, 
Well, I believe it really is. And I really believe that we can win the world with singing because, and for this one reason and this reason only, Jesus has made every one of us a singing people. He has commanded us to sing in his word. Almighty God has given singing to us, his people, as one of the most precious and powerful expressions of our gratefulness and our gladness in his glory. Singing, whether you love it or whether you don't, it's what we exist to do. It's like a rehearsal for heaven. You know, in, in the book of Revelation, we see people around the throne of Almighty God and they're singing, holy, holy, holy. You don't even need to learn a lot of lyrics, it seems. You just need to know the right lyrics to sing. And God's commands are not random or based on some sort of personal whim. His commands are always for our good. And I'm sure many of you can testify in here. If you've ever gone through a season of difficulty, if you put on that worship song and sing at the top of your voice, everything changes. Everything changes. We are commanded to sing with our brothers and sisters in our times of our gathered worship. And in Psalm 149, it says this, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. As a people across the world, we have gone through some really, a really difficult season over the past few years. And some of us may feel like we're coming out the other side of the global pandemic, but others may feel that they're stuck right in the middle of it. And we keep those people who are still living through those issues now, we keep them in prayer. But one thing that I would really, really encourage us to do, one of the biggest things that affected God's people in that global pandemic was that the church of Jesus Christ, and we know the buildings aren't the church, we know this, we're the church, but the church is closed and we couldn't meet and gather together anymore. And then when we could meet and gather together, we couldn't sing together corporately. The worship band could sing, but all of us there, we, we couldn't sing. And I know some people behind their masks were singing. You know, that was me, I, I, I was. But, you know, we weren't meant to sing, were we? But this is, this is what we're commanded to do. And it really, just for me, the minute that we were allowed to sing, I think we first started off outside in the graveyard and then we started to sing in here. It just reminded me to never, ever be ungrateful for the fact that we can meet together and that we can sing together. And I just really want to encourage everybody, really, to be wholehearted, as we were already this morning, as we are every week in this church, to be rejoicing to our Father in heaven because he inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 96 reminds us that we sing because we are created to sing. We are commanded to sing. We are compelled to sing. Christ-filled, spirit-prompted singing moves out in concentric circles. First of all, it changes our own hearts and our own mind. Then it changes our family. Then it changes our churches. And then it changes our world. Believers everywhere, 
are a city on a hill. Lights, that's who we are, shining in the darkness. We're a people of victory and joy, filled with the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are, serving a saviour who reigns forever. Who's gone? He's gone to prepare a place for us and he's coming back to get us. We have truly got the best news in the universe. Imagine that headline across every media outlet, Jesus reigns. When we sing, it is a battle cry of hope for the weary, for the lost, and for those who are struggling. And that's why we sing. A few weeks ago, we were prayer walking in our graveyard here, and we met a man, his name is Stuart, and he was in his 40s, I would say. He was slightly under the influence, just slightly, but he was sitting down, and we're standing there praying, June, a few of us were there praying, and then Stuart starts to sing at the top of his voice, in Christ alone, my hope is found. I mean, we, we were flawed, really. We then joined in with his singing. He was leading the worship band. And in a moment, I've asked the band to sing in Christ alone as our next worship to God today. And I really encourage you, those words are going to be on the screen. Just look at those words again as if you've never seen them before. Because the words of that song, in Christ alone, they're words of salvation. And I'm convinced that when we sing out great truths like that, at the top of our voice, great things happen. Great things happen. So I just want to invite the band back up for us because they're going to lead us in that song in a moment. Before they, before they start to sing, I'm just going to close this time of, with prayer and then we're going to rejoice in that song in Christ alone. Loving Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you for saving us, transforming us, and making us more like you. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive us, forgive me, for the times when we have not lived out as you've outlined in Psalm 96. Lord, we know that in the busyness and the difficulties of life, it can snatch away intimacy with you. So I ask this day that you would protect those times, that you would guard those times of intimacy, those times in your presence, where we can enjoy your splendor and your majesty, and we can think about all the marvelous things that you have done for us. As we leave this place, Lord, and go out into our week, I ask that you would restore to each and every one of us here, to those listening online, and to those that will catch up on this service another time. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>